Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, you can email the show anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have more FBI problems and, you know, kind of us waking up problems. We have more culture war stuff still to come on the show. We're going to talk about Christmas cards. We're going to get to emails. We're going to get to all kinds of different things here on the show. I'm not doing any more of that right now at all. I quit. (laughs) I quit all the politics and culture stuff. You know why? This is my show and I get to do whatever I want. And because today is December 7th. Today is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And... I thought to myself, you know, what What would you enjoy today? What would you enjoy today that you're probably not going to get many other places, if any? Well, I thought maybe we should do a bit more background on Pearl Harbor because it's much, much, much more complicated than people would have you believe. 
And there were reasons behind all of it. And so I'm not doing any more politics now for a little while until I talk some Pearl Harbor. For instance, we're going to go a little bit more in depth here. For instance, you have heard, I'm sure, a bunch today, the famous FDR statement of December 7th. 1941, a day, what, Chris? That's a good impression. A day, yeah, it is, Chris. A day that will live in infamy. That basically sounds identical to FDR. But did you know the whole speech was about four minutes long? Did you know I'm going to play large chunks of it for you, if not all of it? Oh, I don't know, right about now. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate, of the House of Representatives, yesterday... December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States... I'm going to pause there. Don't worry. I'm going to play a bunch more of it. Don't worry. We're going to, we're going to pause there because he, he does a big build up and you can really hear the indignation in his voice. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. How did we get to a place where Japan would send an entire naval fleet across the Pacific Ocean in secret to launch a Sunday morning attack on Pearl Harbor when we weren't even at war with Japan. How did we get there? Well, let's ask history. Now, Japan, because this is really more of a Japanese story than an American story, Japan... Japan was, for so long, a lot of this is because it's an island nation, but Japan was for so long, for hundreds and hundreds of years, it was a a very factional, very isolated country. And this is what I mean. They would have a shogun who was considered the military leader of Japan, and then there was an emperor who was supposedly above the shogun, but kind of wasn't really above the shogun. He was supposed to be. But, but even still, I want you to think about Japan as a place that was divided up into, into various states. We'll just call them states. It makes it easy for people to understand. And there was, in charge of a state, something called a daio. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I don't care. I'm not Japanese. It's called a daio. And consider him the king of his state. And he had warriors, samurai. You well know this. He had all kinds of warriors. Now, we don't have to go into all the history of all this stuff, but you should know that the Japanese, you see all lands are conquered lands. I'm getting way too deep in the weeds here already, but I don't care. People think about uh, American Indians, you know, or Aborigines and those poor indigenous people. Did you know that there were indigenous people in Japan too? Did you know that that samurai armor you see You can picture it in your head right now, the samurai armor, the shoulder flaps, the works. Did you know that's not what the original Japanese armies looked like? The original Japanese armies looked very traditional for the times, long spears, things like that. And then they found themselves in a horrific battle with the indigenous people, if we're even going to call it indigenous, I hate even using that word, with the tribal people who were already there. And they found that they were having a hard time killing these people because they had better armor. They had different ways of fighting and they adopted those ways. And that became part of traditional Japanese culture. Anyway, so we're fast forwarding through all this. Japan basically gets to the point where they cut off the outside world. 
They, they, they just say, hey, we're not trading with anyone. Your religion isn't welcome here. People who aren't Japanese aren't welcome here. We're just going to keep doing us. Until one day, one day an American, it's funny how much we, we had a play in this, an American, this is in the 1800s, an American comes into Japan and he's a Navy man with a modern Navy ship and he pops into Japan and he's looking around and he sees they have muskets. Most of them don't even have guns at all. Most of them still have swords. They're still wearing flip-flops. It basically he feels like he's been taken back in time. And he starts telling Japan, "Hey, uh <clears throat> we want you to trade with us." And Japan says, "Nah, I don't think so." And he said, "Ah, uh, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't see the warship out there, Mr. Guy who's still wearing a sword around." We're going to trade with you. Japan starts to wake up to the fact that they can't survive unless they modernize. But they have a problem or a good thing, depending on how you want to look at it. Look, everything can be good and bad, right? They have a problem. Japan, to this day, but Japan's very, very proud of their heritage. Very proud of the people there are. They don't look at their country like so many Americans do and hate it. They're proud of it. It's a good thing. You want to be proud. You want to raise a nation of people proud of their country. Japan didn't necessarily want to change. It's wanted to modernize. So they went through something called the Meiji Restoration. The Meiji Restoration. What this was was this. This was a highly ambitious, highly intelligent plan to move Japan into modern times while at the same time keeping you know with who they are they wanted to stay who they were but but modernize and they did this because they knew they were about to be trampled and colonized by modern nations if they didn't do it it's very it's unlike very it's unlike many things i can find in history for a nation to just change direction like this what did they do boom immediately they disperse advisors all over the world to figure out how modern countries do what they do. How do you, what do you mean you have a modern economy? Okay, well, let's go to some modern economies and let's work with their governments there and figure out what does that mean? I'll take that information. I'll bring it back to Japan. Oh, what do you mean a, a modern military? Okay, uh, they actually went to Germany. Japan goes to Germany. Germany has a <coughs> checkered, but really good military history. They're very militaristic people, as we've seen a couple of times. So they go to Germany and they say, hey, wh- how do you do what you do? And the Germans would work with them. And then, of course, how that works is soon the nations are working together. Let us buy rifles from you. Hey, send your advisors to us. Train our troops. How to-. So a nation, this is so hard, a nation turns on a dime and they become modern. And they become modern quickly, really, really quickly. Now they're hanging on to the old you know, Bushido Code samurai stuff. Which, yeah, it is It is sweet, Chris. It is really cool. So don't worry. You'll still see guys with swords on, but they're doing it with swords on one hip and a machine gun slung over their shoulder. And it's really cool. Right now, we're at the really, really cool phase. Wow, it's so impressive. This nation turns around. But there's generally a negative when there's a positive. Everything's a give and take, No. Have you ever had a, a friend, 
I know, fellas, every guy listening to the sound of my voice will have had a friend like this. Ladies, you probably knew a guy like this. You ever have a, have a friend of yours who loved to fight? He's always wanted to fist fight somebody. And, man, there are some real positives that come with that. You're out, at a, you're out on a Friday night. Some dime across the bar catches your eye, and you think, man, I'd like her phone number. I think I'll take her to Red Lobster tomorrow. And you go hit on her, and it turns out she has a boyfriend you didn't see. comes out of the bathroom, and he's got a couple boys with him, and you know you're going to have to fight. Man, it's sure nice in those times to have your buddy who loves to fight right by you. Let's do it. We're rolling. Now you got someone throwing hands on your behalf. It's great, isn't it? It's great. It's not as fun when you're just enjoying a night and he thinks someone offended him and soon you're getting thrown out by the bouncers because he decided to fight everybody in the place. There's a good and a bad to being a society that values very much its warrior code. And we're about to discuss how that hurt Japan and how that led directly to Pearl Harbor on the Jesse Kelly show. Before we get to that, let me just say this. I love tempura shrimp. Chris, have you ever had tempura shrimp at one of those Japanese? Oh, my bad, Chris. I forgot you're not allowed. <laughs> well, everyone who isn't Chris, uh, I would highly recommend some tempura shrimp. And if you're going to make tempura shrimp, it's actually pretty easy to do at the house. I know because it looked easy watching the wife do it. <laughs> but use Biloxi shrimp while you do it. Don't buy communist shrimp. 95% of the shrimp you buy, that shrimp in your grocery store, it came from overseas. It came from Vietnam and countries like that. Commie countries. Biloxi shrimp comes right out of the Mississippi Gulf. American jobs, American shrimp boats. Go to BiloxiShrimpCo.com. That gets you 10% off your order. It's delivered to your front door. Make sure you get the herbs and spices, by the way. Oh, it's so good. BiloxiShrimpCo.com. Promo code JESSE. All kinds of bundles and packages available. Whatever your budget is. Go now. Now. More Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Next. Jesse Kelly returns. Next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. We're doing a little history rewind because it's December 7th. It's December 7th. That's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. So we're kind of getting boned up on a, on a little history before Pearl Harbor. If you missed my talk previously, if you missed a segment before, we're just going kind of through the, the history of Japan and how they were kind of backwards and isolated. And then they had to modernize and, and things like that. So now we're at the point where Japan has. Oh, by the way, I, I just I'm going to stop real quick here and play this. We're definitely going into recession. This is Jim Cramer. Everyone's decided there's going to be a recession. I don't see the recession coming. That means a recession's virtually guaranteed. If Jim Cramer says we're not going to have one, it's a guarantee now. Now we know it's going to be severe. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get back to the politics and stuff and Elon Musk and everything else in a minute. But I'm doing history. I don't care. So now Japan has modernized itself. Woohoo! Got this modern military. And you still have this mindset where the warrior is, is admired most. And that's, you know, it can be very good. It's nice. Boy, you're real tough. But the problem is when you have a very tough military and you have a warrior mindset, you want to use it. 
you want to use it. Why do you think so many of these guys, these special forces types, Navy SEAL types, Delta Force types, why do you think they get out of the military and they go become private military contractors or they work security somewhere, some security consultant? Or Why do you think so many of those guys do that? Because that's what they do well when you have those skills, you want to use them. Japan starts to branch out a little bit. And Japan starts to slap around Russia. They, they, they beat Russia in the early 1900s. That was unheard of. No no army of Asians can beat a, a white army. That's the, that was the thinking back then because everyone was real racial. The, the, the Japanese were too, by the way. I'm not blaming anyone else. Japanese thought they were racially superior to everyone too. It was just kind of that era. But Japan's beating Russia. Japan's de- beating China. And Japan's discovering something. <clears throat> This military we have, it's pretty useful. And our military mindset, also pretty useful. And if we keep taking over things, we kind of get all of their resources and we don't have many resources. This whole conquest thing is kind of fun. I think I'll stick with it. And Japan eventually finds itself in China. I say finds itself. They invaded China. (laughs) Japan invades China. Manchuria, to be specific. And Japan starts gobbling up Chinese territory. Now, Japan's still a tiny nation compared to China. But China is really on the down and outs right now. They don't have an emperor anymore. The nationalists are fighting the communists in China. So it's a divided country. And Japan steps in and starts taking over Chinese territory and gobbling up Chinese resources. Which brings us to right before Pearl Harbor. Japan has a problem. And it is a problem. I don't know how I would have solved it. I I don't know what the solution is. But this was Japan's problem. You've been fighting a war in China for a long time, killing a lot of Chinese people and telling all your countrymen back home that this is for Japan and this is for the betterment of Japan. And hey, these Japanese soldiers who, who died, they died for the cause. And this is really important. But you don't have enough people if you're Japan to take over China. They're several times larger than you are. You also don't necessarily have the luxury of just pulling out and going home. Because then you lose all the resources you just gained that now your country needs. And how do you tell the families of all those dead Japanese troops that it was all for nothing? Okay, well, that's already bad. And here's another bad part. You have countries like Great Britain and America telling you, get out of China. Now, maybe you're saying to yourself, why wouldn't the Japanese just say, up yours, I'll do whatever I want. Well, it's because Japan is not a resource-rich nation. Japan was getting gigantic quantities of the things it needed, things like steel and oil, from us. We're selling you all the stuff you need to survive. If we say get out, you have to consider that. Japan didn't feel like it was in a place where it could get out, where it could stop. So, I mean... What's more dangerous than a door half open? That old saying. Chris, is that an old saying or did I just make that up? I just made up that saying, I think. What's more dangerous than a door half open? I mean, it's true. A half open door is the most dangerous thing in the world. Either close it all the way or open it all the way. Don't leave it halfway open so someone can walk into the hard part of it and break their nose. Japan decides 
it has a choice. It can either pull out of China and abandon everything, or it can instead go all in. They chose option B. But that doesn't that doesn't explain how how it brought them to the shores of Pearl Harbor. I will explain that next in a long extended history portion of the Jesse Kelly show. I do this from time to time because I enjoy it. We'll get back to politics whenever I feel like it. I'm having fun before we get to that. Who do you get your cell phone service from? Easy question. I mean, you're, you're mad about last night's election, maybe. Oh, no, we lost the Senate. There was an election today. Did you know that? And there's one tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Every single day in the United States of America is now election day. Now that corporate America has decided to get involved in politics, every single day is election day. So let me ask you something. Who did you vote for today? Every day you have a charge by your cell phone company. You pay it probably once a month, but every day there's a charge. Who'd you vote for today? Did you vote for AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile? Really? You voted Democrat today? You could switch to Pure Talk and you could vote for your values every day. Speaking of Pearl Harbor, their CEO is a veteran. They love this nation so much. Their customer service all Americans. When you talk to someone at Pure Talk, it's so refreshing and so odd. You speak to someone who speaks and understands English very well. It's wonderful. It takes 10 minutes from your cell phone right now. This is all you have to do. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. That saves you an additional 50% off your first month. You want to keep your phone fine. Keep your number fine. Dial pound 250. Say Jesse Kelly. Switch to Pure Talk today. Well, the kids don't eat and the dog can't sleep. Right now, tens of millions of Americans live with everyday pain. Does this sound like you? If this sounds like you, then you know. It not only affects how you feel, it affects everything about your life. Your mood, your sleep, you miss out on activities, your outlook on the future. It affects everything. Well, say hello to Relief Factor, a natural way to fight pain. With four key drug-free, all-natural ingredients, Relief Factor was created by doctors to help support your body's natural response to inflammation. Whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Better yet, Relief Factor is about living better, living the life you want, doing the activities you love. Over 1 million people have tried the Relief Factor Quick Start Kit. Nearly 70% go on to order more. That's staggering. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week starter kit. It's only $19.95, and it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. It's time to give it a try. Go to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-4-RELIEF. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can bring your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50 
50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares your values, who supports our military and veterans, who creates American jobs, and who refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Instead, they advertise with us. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver. Have we already forgotten about the bank closures, inflation, global instability, World War III that sadly may be coming? Look, precious metals, you need them for various reasons. You want tangible currency on hand, a portfolio diversification strategy. It's a hedge against inflation. You need value, stored value that stands the test of time. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. The Oxford Gold Group are the pros. They make owning gold and silver easy and simple. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Jesse Kelly here with a message that's about safety. When it comes to protecting your loved ones, it's not just about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Picture this. A situation arises where you or your loved ones are threatened. Instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. What if there was a way to effectively defend yourself and de-escalate a situation without the irreversible consequences of deadly force? Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. We don't always need to go to DEFCON 1. We just need protection to confidently ensure we can defuse the situation and drive the threat away immediately. Berna is legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Berna is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now. Now for an exclusive 10% discount. That's B-Y-R-N-A.com slash Jesse. Open up your windows. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate and of the House of Representatives, yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. It is December 7th, and this is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I've been nerding out on history for about a half hour, Pearl Harbor, all the buildup to it with Japan. If you missed that or any part of it, you might just find yourself enjoying it. Go download the whole podcast, available right after the show, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. They take the whole three-hour show and they podcast it. So you don't have to worry about missing anything. Now, back to what we were talking about. Okay, so now Japan, they've invaded China. America has warned them. Great Britain has warned them. You need to get out. You need to get out. We don't like this. You're messing up our stuff we have going on in China. Get out. We want you out. Get out. Japan feels like it doesn't have the option to get out. And so Japan... They decide they have to go all in. And what all in for Japan looked like was this. 
Japan, it's crazy. People do not understand the Pacific War, the Pacific version of World War II is comfortably the largest theater of war in the history of mankind because you're just used to looking at all that blue on a globe and it all kind of looks like it's ah, just a bunch of islands in there together somewhere. It looks super close. It's massive. There are all these island chains around Japan and Southeast Asia and uh, the Philippines, all these Mariana Islands, Solomon Islands. There's so much out there. Guam, the huge, huge, uh, a gigantic area. Japan decides this is what they're going to do. Instead of getting out of China, they are going to take a very, very bold, frankly insane and suicidal step, but they're going to take a very bold step and they're going to find, they're going to identify the places that have resources they want and they're going to use that new wonderful military they have and invade all of them virtually at the same time. The goal is this. The goal is to invade those places, seize their natural resources, oil, rubber, things like that, seize their natural resources, and then brace themselves for what they know will come. There will be a backlash of some kind. There will be some kind of counterattack. But the plan is grab these areas, hold these areas. We are the warriors. We are the samurai. They will not be able to kick us out of these islands. The losses will be too great. The soft Westerners are too sissified. They'll give up and we will keep most of what we've seized. In the end, if you're Japan, you win. Even if you lose some troops, even if you lose some of the land you've seized, in the end, you'll have more than you had before, right? In the end, you're better off. That was their way of thinking. And do keep in mind, prior to this, that had really been most of the history of warfare. The loser generally got something. Even if you lost, you, you kept Hey, we're, we're, let, let's negotiate a settlement. You can have a little of this and I'll have a little of that and then we'll stop shooting each other in the face. You good? Good. Yeah, we're good. So Japan decided to make another fateful decision and this was the one that ended Japan. Probably, probably the biggest military blunder by a nation state in the history of mankind. Japan decided that America had to be taken care of. And this, this, look, you should know that when this plan, when the plan of Pearl Harbor was proposed, it was Yamamoto was his name. He's actually a military genius, fascinating guy. But when he proposed the plan to attack Pearl Harbor, he was shot down immediately by the Japanese. They said, Are, have you lost your mind? You want to attack the United States of America? What? No. Wait, no. Yamamoto, he was so adamant that this was the only way. He actually threatened to quit. He threatened to quit if you didn't do it. And they, they valued this guy's leadership and his knowledge so much. They said, okay, well, what's the plan? And he said, this is the plan. We go attack Pearl Harbor. We attack America's aircraft carriers in Pearl Harbor because they clearly knew aircraft carriers were going to be the future. You want planes landing on ships and taking off of ships. That's how you do naval warfare now. He said, what we'll do is we'll go attack America's carrier fleet in Pearl Harbor. 
That won't. They, they didn't think they were going to defeat us, by the way. That, that's, a, that's something people totally get wrong these days. They had no intention of defeating us. They had no intention of avoiding war with us. Or th- They knew we would declare war. They knew we would come back. What they wanted to do was hurt our fleet bad enough at Pearl Harbor to give them the extra time they needed to really dig in more in these islands and be too dug in so when we showed up, the soft Americans simply would not be able to withstand the, the, the Japanese spirit. That Remember, every minute you spend on an island, if you're a Japanese armor, that island gets easier to defend because you're building concrete pillboxes, you're building runways, you're, build, you're, you're building the defenses. Uh, time, is, uh, time is your friend. You need more of it. So what they did was they put together an invasion fleet. Now, it is hard for us to understand. I'll be honest with you. I still don't fully understand myself how something like this could remain this secret. We knew there was a big fleet Japan had, uh, was assembling. We knew Japan had a modern Navy. We saw what they'd done to the Russian Navy. So we were well aware of Jap- Japanese capabilities. But they put together a fleet. They put together a fleet, and the purpose of the fleet is to cross the Pacific Ocean and secretly make the way to Pearl Harbor. Because this is the cell phone camera age and there's nothing secret anymore, it's hard for us to understand how something like that could be that secret. Nevertheless, they pulled it off and they took off towards the United States of America in secret. Now, fast forward to Sunday morning, Pearl Harbor. We had no idea they were coming at all. This is the part of the story I won't spend too long on because you know most of this story already. I thought the background you might not have known. We just didn't know they were coming. And and we'll never know the truth of this. The Japanese claimed there was some kind of an accident. The Japanese didn't declare war before they attacked us. That's actually a huge part of why America's response was so angry. We were so mad about it. Unconditional surrender only because it was the sucker punch aspect of it. Now, they attacked us at Pearl Harbor, but we had some wonderful luck. Or if you're a conspiracy theorist, you'll say FDR did it on purpose. If you're a believer, you'll say it was God's providence. For whatever reason, the carriers that they wanted to attack at Pearl Harbor weren't at Pearl Harbor. They were out at sea. You can't find things out at sea. It's very hard. It's a drop in the bucket. So they showed up and there were a bunch of battleships at Pearl Harbor. First wave of planes come in. These are the planes that did the most damage. You have several different kinds of planes, by the way. You have torpedo planes. You have bombers. And I don't mean like gigantic bombers that drop a bunch of bombs. You'll have a plane with one 500-pound bomb on it. And they'll try to drop it precisely. And that's who came swooping into Pearl Harbor. Then the second wave of planes eventually came in after they did all that damage, tried to shoot up the airfields and things like that. And after that, America declared war. Now, I'm going to do something a little different when we get back. We're going to get back to some FBI talk and and, uh, various various political talk, but I'm going to play a little bit more of this FDR speech than you've normally heard because everyone's heard the beginning Why don't you give us the juice and hear a little bit more? I think the devil's in the details sometimes. I'll explain why in just a moment. I'm going to play a little bit more of this, then we'll get back to politics. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. 
I know exactly what you're thinking. Jesse, there were so many heroes that day. And, Jesse, you're also my hero. And I get that. What, Chris? But in all seriousness, get a hero gun because there's no one coming to save you. A hero gun is a non-lethal gun. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They hit, it hurts, and then they explode. It's freaking fantastic. It's already saved lives of my listeners. A hero arrow shoots the pepper gel. Brutal. It's a little smaller and more aerodynamic. Easier for easier to carry around. Easier for women, for sure. Fits right in a purse. It's kind of shaped like a phone or a TV remote. Go to Hero2020.com and get one for the person you love the most today. Hero2020.com. Go. The code JESSE gets you a special discount. You don't need a concealed carry permit but you do need to carry something on you at all times that will allow you to stop a bad man. Hero2020.com code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I never, ever, ever do what I'm about to do. I don't like, I don't like playing long audio cuts on the show. I like playing when we have good ones, and I like playing for you and me, what, the news that's out there and the things people are saying. I think that's important. I don't like letting it go on too long because it gets super boring. And if somebody's driving home just now tuning in, hey, where's Jesse? Who's this person on the radio? So in general, I don't like doing that. And I may cut in here a couple times. But FDR, that day that will live in infamy thing. You know, that's about four minutes long. Everyone thinks it's about 15 seconds. That's the only part they ever hear. It's about four minutes long. I think there's a couple little interesting tidbits in there, and I think it's a good bit of history. I know people listen with their kids, and and I think this is something that I think it's a cool thing for people to hear. I may cut in. I may not. It's very, very long, but I think it's important that we hear it on this December 7th, and then we're done with that. We're going to move on to political talk, the GOP, the FBI, emails, culture war stuff, all these things, but here is a, the whole thing. Mr. Vice President... Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate and of the House of Representatives, yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan. We were at peace with that nation. Uh, Kind of. Do keep in mind there was no military conflict, but as I just laid out, we had already basically declared an economic war against Japan. We, I mean, we did the, we, we, we seized their their assets in America. I'm not blaming us, but at peace with Japan, it's a bit of a stretch. Was still in conversation with its government and its emperor, 
looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, but always will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us. No matter how long it may take us, to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute I hate FDR, and even I like this speech. I can't help it. Like, gets me fired up, Chris. I'm ready. Sit. Put me in, coach. I believe that I interpret the will of the Congress and of the people when I assert that we will not only defend ourselves to the uttermost, but will make it very certain that this form of treachery shall never again endanger us. Uh, I'm going to cut in again here really quickly. Treachery, you, you, hear, you hear the indignation in his voice. Do keep in mind, the attack itself was bad. Do not ever discount the attack coming before they declared war. Before they declared war. That part of it, if you read the things people wrote back then, people in leadership wrote back then, people across the country wrote back then, it was that part of it that created not just anger. Anger would have been there anyway. It cemented a hatred in there. The ultimate sucker punch, right? You 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 get you have a squabble with a guy and you decide you're going to scrap out behind the gym after school that day. That's one thing. You have a squabble with a guy and he waits till your back is turned and runs up and blasts you in the back of a head. Now that's a whole other thing. It was the sucker punch aspect of it that really created this hatred. I'll let him continue. Hostilities exist. There is no blinking at the fact that our people, our territory, and our interests are in grave danger. With confidence in our armed forces, with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph so help us God. I ask that the Congress declare that since the unprovoked 
and dastardly attack by Japan on eh, unprovoked Sunday, December 7th, 1941, a state of war has existed between the United States and the Japanese Empire. And that is the speech. How about that? There's a little history. Oops, ended up taking up the whole hour, Chris. <laughs> ah, well, we'll talk about FBI stuff next. We have plenty of time to talk about that. Tom Cotton, dunking on people, all kinds of stuff. Let's get to some emails. Jesse, my wife and I try to give a nice donation to charity every year around now. My wife asked me which charity we should choose this year, and without hesitation, I told her about Tunnel to Towers. It's tough to find a charity that has a good mission that also ends up spending most of its donations on its mission, so we end up doing something local. This time, we feel great about our donation. Thanks for all you do. Always fun to listen to your takes on things, but one of the biggest takeaways is when you talk about which companies and charities are worthy of the limited dollars we have. This is from Chris. It is Christmas time. I know you want to give back. I know you have a generous heart. Unlike me, you're a good person. Please be careful with every nice-sounding cause and charity this year. Please be careful. I tell you about Tunnel to Towers all the time, not just because they have a great mission of caring for first responder families and Gold Star families, widows and orphans. I mean, the, the, what they do is wonderful. Don't, don't take my word for it. Go look up Tunnel to Towers. When you give to Tunnel to Towers, the money goes to the widows and orphans. Not, they don't say that. Hey, send us money. And then you, you see the CEO on a private plane in Barbados. No, when you give, it gets to widows and orphans. T2T.org. 11 bucks a month is what they ask. Give whatever you want, but give to Tunnel to Towers, especially this Christmas. T2T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.